Hey friend, and welcome to Feminine Magic. It's Michelle. And this is Alexa, and we're the co-conduits of Femme, flourishing feminine founders. Our intention with this podcast is to unleash the true magic of divine feminine energy. Awakening the divine feminine within us is for all people. We will learn to integrate our natural, healthy, masculine, and feminine energies in our businesses, life, and relationships. Feminine magic is the key to authentic alignment within ourselves, others, and the human collective. It's time to step into a life where you truly flourish. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Feminine Magic Podcast. Today, I have the absolute pleasure to introduce you to my new friend, Lilia Gaston. And we are going to talk about one of I just, I can't even, this topic makes me want to dance, makes me want to sing. It is womb wisdom. (laughs) Lilia is an empowerment coach, womb wisdom guide, and light worker. Lilia, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. That introduction was so perfect. I was like dancing (laughs) on the other side here. So ready. (laughs) Thank you so much. Oh, well, thank you. So let's dive right in. First of all, who are you and how did you come about this work? This is so specific and so beautiful. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love this question. And whenever I get asked this question on podcasts, I'm always like, okay, where do I start? Do I start at the very beginning of how this all started? Cause it really has been this beautiful accumulation of things happening in my life that brought me exactly where I am here today, talking to you now and doing mm. this work, which makes me so happy. Um, but I help creatives and entrepreneurs really reconnect to the wisdom of their womb, define their version of happiness, really access their fullest expression so that they can feel empowered and access like inspired flow in their life and their business and just feel amazing in their bodies. Cause when we're, we're living this life in our bodies, so we might as well feel awesome <laughs> and really utilize what we have while we got it. <laughs> so true. I love this phrase. We're spiritual beings living a human experience. Yes. Oh, it's <laughs> so beautiful. And that like, so resonates because it's so true. We are living this beautiful human experience. And as individuals with a womb, we get to live this experience cyclically, which is amazing and an amazing superpower in itself. Um, so I actually came to this work from hating my period and hating myself while I was on my period. (laughs) It was like the worst thing ever. My, Um, how many people listening can agree with that? (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. That's, that's one of like my, the points of my story that I think is the most like the resonates with most people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I got my period when I was 17. So I was really wow. late getting my period. Yeah. And I didn't want for it. So many years of middle school and high school. <laughs> I know. And yeah, so I, and I was a competitive athlete. So I was an elite athlete and go. I was like traveling to like Olympic training centers. I was a rhythmic gym- gymnast. So oh, like wow. the, kind of the, the ropes and the balls and the hoops and the clubs and it really, it, it helped that I didn't have my period. I didn't need to worry about it. Um, my, I grew up watching my mom and my sister having terrible period pain. And I, throughout my teenage years, I was just like, I'm, I'm okay with not having it. Like, I'm fine. I don't want to get pregnant right now. Anyways, I'm okay mm-hmm. with this. This one less worry for me. So when I finally did get it when I was 17, I remember it was like in the middle of the night and I went to the bathroom and I like wiped and there was blood on the toilet paper. And I remember it just like the sinking feeling in my heart that was like, oh man, like here it is. Like I, now I have woman. to deal with this. <laughs> Now I'm a woman. And Uh, on that side, like I use, I never, until recently, I never like connected to that word woman. Like it scared me. You know, okay. I I'm in my upper twenties. Not sure where you are. Me too. I've been thinking about myself as a girl for so long. And just lately I've been playing with this concept. I'm like, you know, sometimes I feel like a woman, but most of the time I feel like a girl until recent, especially over quarantine. I was like, damn, I'm a woman. Yes. Right. It's so crazy. And, and that doesn't, it's not even about the gender thing. It's like, I, I have a really close friend and he was talking about his friends and he's even older than me. He's in his early thirties. And he's like, Oh, like we're boys. And I was like, no, like we're women and men, like we are, we're grownups. And it's so crazy that we don't even verbally talk about ourselves in that way. It's, 
it's been interesting anyway. (laughs) Oh, I so resonate with that. And I don't think I started like connecting that word woman to myself until I started doing this work of reconnecting to my womb and my cycle before Mm. I was just like, eh, that's something I guess in the future that at some point I'm going to need to call myself. But it wasn't until I actually like connected to that divine feminine aspect of myself that I felt confident saying, you know what? Like I can say that I'm a woman. Like that is okay. And I, I think it's exactly what you said. It's that idea of like maturity that we hit in our head that we're like, yeah. oh, we finally got here. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Have you ever had one of those to go. where you're at like a restaurant in the South and they're like, hello, ma'am, what can I get you? And I'm like, I'm not a ma'am. <laughs> Please don't call me that. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's how I used to feel all the time. But I think now I'm starting to be like, oh yeah, like I kind of like this. Like I like this, like this term and I like this feeling. Yeah. But before I used to like all through my late teens um, and the majority of my early twenties, I was like, I'm just like a girl trying to figure out what I want to do with my life. And yeah. I don't feel like I have that, that I, I don't feel like I've reached that level of womanhood, even though I like was menstruating and all of it. Let's talk about what is that distinction? I know we're kind of like mm. veering off course, but I think it's still on topic. Like yeah. what is that moment or difference where we're like, yes, I feel like a woman, not a girl. Yeah. Yes. I love that. I think that that's going to be so different for every person. I think that that the definition of what womanhood means to them is going to be so subjective, just like anything that really relates to women right now in our society. I feel like we're kind of going through this time period where we're starting to really gain in women's rights, but it's also so much of what we talk about in terms of like divine feminine, our bodies, like everything starts becoming really subjective right now because we're just now starting to bring attention to it and really starting to bring awareness to the empowerment that comes with having a womb and that comes with a menstrual cycle and all of that. So I think that right now we're kind of in this beautiful period that you unique, this like unique definitions that have to go with womanhood are accepted and get to be played with and get to be discovered for each individual person. Um, For me, womanhood was actually understanding my body and knowing Mm -hmm. what was happening in it and not being afraid of it and not hating it. So for me, when I, when I got to that point where I was like, I can actually feel empowered and confident in the anatomy that I have, that's when I decided I was ready to step into that term of being a woman. Mm, How about you? I'd love to know yours though. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's a little bit inspired by your answer too, but as I'm reflecting on it, I think it has to do with acceptance, just like accepting who I am in the skin that I'm in and having confidence to be like, this is me. Part of it's like, take it or leave it. I'm the type of person I'm always going to be working on myself. Like I've been learning people come to us, you know, like when someone's critical of you, they're just a messenger. There is like a little pearl of wisdom wrapped up in that. So I do try to listen, but also not let it take away from who I am or what I'm up to because people are always going to judge. And when you're beating, when you're on your path, beating to your own drum, which I think you and I both have very much so in common, um, there are going to be people that don't get it or it offends them or it makes them judge themselves because we're doing something that is out of the normal form. Yes. So there's that piece, but being able to own it and look at yourself in the mirror and be like, okay, this is me. Like I was sent here for my mission. I feel, you know, I feel more in tune with my mission. I think that's the other piece that makes me feel like a woman. It's like, I know what I was sent here to do, or at least I know what it is at the state that I'm in. I'm sure I'll know new things moving forward. But in this moment, I feel like I'm finally attuned with path. And that's what makes me feel like a woman. Yes. Oh, that was so beautiful. And I think that that, that term of path and that term of journey, like is, is so true when we talk about this topic is it's never a destination and it's never like we're there. It's never like we're just a woman and that's the end. It's we are on this long lasting lifelong journey of understanding ourselves and finding our mission and finding the next part of our mission. It's always evolving and developing as we evolve and as we develop. And, and I think that that, that idea of like a lifetime actually opens up so much space in this Mm. idea of what it means to be a woman. Cause we don't, I think in our society, we, we are often told like, you need to do the exact same thing for like years of your life and you're not supposed to change. And you're supposed to figure out what it is when you're 18 and then just Uh. do it. And how unrealistic is that when you'll just ask anybody, like, did you know what you wanted to do when you were 18 and still did it when you were 50? I'm sure half the people are like, Oh, 
I think really. there's a there's a quote. I don't remember who it's by, but it's like only two things in life are certain: death and change. Yes, yeah, it's kind of like that's scary on one hand, but if you dive deeper, it's actually very freeing. You're yes. like, okay, I just got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. I got to get comfortable with the idea that things are constantly changing and shifting. And I wanted to, I wanted to rewind for one second, and we were talking about the divine feminine and something that. I've been learning a lot in femme and just in general all around is it goes along with the divine masculine because we as human beings both exist within us. It's about divinity of both energies. And like the more I feel also accepting of myself as a woman, the more I accept the masculine sides of self too, which is something I fought for so long being such a mission-driven, intense woman, right? Like sometimes I felt so masculine in like business meetings or in certain places and like with certain things that happen with the body, you're like, I'm a woman. It's not supposed to be like this. Like, why do I need to go get waxed and late? Whatever. We're not going to get into that talk, but you know, a whole another topic. <laughs> it's a whole other topic, but like, but something that I want to talk about for any like male listeners or just anyone that's listening out there, like let like dive into both energies. We actually need both. Every single person, male, female, non-binary, doesn't matter what you identify as gender-wise, masculine and feminine energies are almost not tied to genders. They're just energies. And that's the piece, that distinction that I've been learning for myself. I still have a lot of learning to uncover there, but I just wanted to bring it up and get your opinion on it too. Yes. Oh, that was so beautiful, by the way. And that's something that's actually been sitting really beautifully in my heart right now. Um, I actually did a post on Instagram. It was probably a few months ago that was talking Mm -hmm. about the divine feminine and how like in our society, we've really got caught in that divine masculine energy of that, that go, that hustle, that needing to do things in the same productivity every day, that, that push energy that is amazing. And we need that. And like, I would not be able to run a business if I did not have that side of of my energy, like around me at all times. But I wrote this post and I got this comment on it that was talking about, um, it was kind of like a, you're anti-feminist because, (laughs) because like woman's like superpower is that they can push through everything and that they're so strong and that we shouldn't have, like, we shouldn't have to take that away, but it was very much geared towards gender. It was like, I I was insulting the gender of feminine and masculine. And I loved that comment because it opened up a beautiful conversation of what, what is divine feminine and what is divine masculine. And like you Mm -hmm. said, it has nothing to do with gender. It's so difficult that in language, it's so similar. And I think yes. that it trips us up a lot. Mm-hmm. Anyway, continue along because it's really yeah. not tied to gender. And we have trouble, like we have trouble in femme explaining that piece too, because I think a lot of the feminist movement, like it often, it often puts down like masculinity or masculine energy. And that's not what we're here to do. We're here to accept our full selves. And as that being part of ourselves and part of the people that we love, like we have fathers, we have brothers. Some of us have male partners like that. We must accept that part, those parts of ourselves and those parts of the people that we love in our lives. Yeah. And I think that's, is that beautiful unity and that acceptance that ends up giving us our full power. Like when we think as women, if we were to just be in our masculine energy, we would only be in half of our energy. If we are only in our feminine energy, we'd only be in half of our energy. And it's the combination and the balance of two that actually give us all of our superpowers and all Uh, of our magic and the beautiful part and and the beautiful part and a great way to explain it is uh, while there's not, while we have these terms like feminine and masculine that in some contexts relate to gender. And um, like when you look at just like languages, like when you look at grammar within languages, you have like feminine and masculine, and then sometimes they're gendered, sometimes they're not. And I feel like these terms are used like so widespread for all these different things. But when you're talking about them with energy, it really is, it's these characteristics of your energy, of your feelings, of how you go about your life versus your actual gender or anatomy. So like divine feminine is like very flowy and cyclical Mm. and creative and expansive and expressive. And chaotic at times too, in a beautiful way. 
Yes. And whereas your masculine is more organized, it's very linear. It's that push energy. Yes. Yes. It's that productivity. And we need the balance of two in order to actually Mm -hmm. support ourselves in our life. And I think sometimes our society really leans towards that masculine energy and tells us that we do need to show up the same way every day. And we do need to push ourselves to exhaustion. Here's it's, it's bittersweet, right? Our school system is built that way. So kids are being exposed to that. Like it's really not natural to tell kids like from nine to 3 PM, you need to focus. And I know now we, we talk about school during the time of Corona and that's a whole other thing because there are virtual classes and A days and B days and all this crazy stuff. A bunch of my friends have kids. It's craziness, but there, it's so much structure that really is masculine. And, you know, I, I remember reading this in a book. I don't remember what book it's in, but it's like, give your hundred percent every day. But if you have a cold, your hundred percent is your usual 80. Or if something's happening, your hundred percent might be 50%. So let's get back into the idea of menstrual cycles because like on day two of my period, I'm feeling a very different energy than I was right before it. And sometimes on day two of my period, I'm super energetic. I mean, it, there's like, there, and also I don't want to get too off topic, but there are multiple cycles happening, right? There's the lunar cycle and then there's our own cycle. And some women are synced up to the lunar cycle, which I think is amazing. And some aren't, but I know you've been like meticulously studying your own period cycles. And I'd love to get some insight on, on what you've come up with there and also what you, what you train your clients on because they're, oh, there's so much magic there. (laughs) So much magic. This is like my favorite topic ever. And I can talk about it forever. And everyone who knows (laughs) me knows that I will talk about it forever if they start the topic. (laughs) So So, so actually real quick, you also have a podcast. So if you want to hear more on this topic, where can they go check? it out. Yeah, they can head over to any podcast like platform. It's called Empowering the Light by Lilia Gustin. Mm. Um, it's great. We go into like every kind of topic that's around empowerment. We go into womb wisdom. We go into uh, business. We really go into everything that has to do with female empowerment and what that looks like from all different lenses. So yes, if you want to hear more, if you like want to go check out my <laughs> podcast, please do Amazing. or reach out. I'm always here for you. I'm always <laughs> here for everybody. Um, everyone and their wombs. <laughs> everyone and their wombs. It's so great. <laughs> it's like a party all the time. Yes. Um, but yes, I actually want to backtrack for a second with what you said with school too, because we are we are taught from a very young age that we have to sit still and we have to be productive <sighs> and we have to go at the same energy. And I couldn't handle it. Like as a child, I would come home crying every day from elementary school, just begging my mom to take me out. And actually in fourth grade, she did. So I was homeschooled wow. from fourth grade on till college. Um, so unique. And yeah, and it was, it was the best. It was amazing because I didn't have to sit down in a classroom and, and stay at a whiteboard that was far away that my eyes didn't want to like that my vision just couldn't focus wow. on and how lucky like a quick shout out to your mama bear because <laughs> many wouldn't take their kids out of school right yeah. there's something to be said about the socialization aspect of school but I feel like if you were part of um, gymnastics that you got a lot of socialization through that too. Yes. Yeah. And it ended up being, it was just a whole different lifestyle growing up. And I look back on it. I'm so grateful for it because it really did set me up for where I am now is I, I really like, I didn't grow up with a ton of friends. Like I grew up with goals. I grew up as a compete competitive athlete. I was in the gym for four hours every day. Like, mm. like um, I'm like trying to find the words for it, like just pushing myself to my limits uh, and getting injured all the time in that process. I did, I did competitive <laughs> dance as a kid and I told, I mean, yes. countless hours spent in the studio practicing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lifestyle. It really is. And it was a lifestyle that was really heavy in my masculine energy because it had to be like, it was a lifestyle based on perfection. Mm. It was a lifestyle based on like, you had to do your routines and they had to be perfect. And you kept training until they were perfect. And it wasn't until after I graduated high school that I was ready for something different. I was ready for my divine feminine to take on a bit more, even though I had no idea what that meant or what that was (laughs) at the time. And I actually switched over to dance and to ballet and I moved away from home and I pursued a career in professional ballet and just to find that I got injured again, like everything else and had to really get in tune with my body as I was recovering from these injuries and, and realized that the ballet world in itself was super toxic and was all about image. And you had to fit into a box of what the, the, what that ballerina for that company was supposed to look and be like. And I found that woman empowerment was something that was really missing in that field. 
And I had so many beautiful friends that were gorgeous and amazing dancers and just felt like crap every single day and were made to feel like crap. Like that was, that was the system that Mm -hmm. was running through this, this career of ballet was the system of kind of breaking women until they fit the image. And it broke my heart. Yeah. And thankfully I was injured while I was watching all this. So I was watching from the sidelines. I wasn't actually in it myself. And I got out of like- Strange blessing of sorts. So strange, so beautiful (laughs) blessing. I remember at the time I was just like, why is this happening? Like I already have so much to catch up on in my training to begin with. But it really was a blessing because it it showed me what a disempowered woman looked like. And it showed me what I wanted to do with with my life. I knew I didn't want to be in an environment where that's how women were treated. Um, so I went and I pursued art and found my voice in art. And then I found womb wisdom and coming full circle back around. I know I got off topic again, full circle back <laughs> around. To topic, divine feminine. Part of the journey. It's all on topic here. <laughs> I love it. Um, coming back around to your menstrual cycle and your divine feminine. It really is beautiful looking at your menstrual cycle as almost like a key to your energy, to your divine energy, whether it's masculine or feminine. Yes, because you do, you have two cycles of your of your menstrual cycle or the moon cycle, whichever one you're going off of right now, you have two cycles that are going to be heavily feminine and two cycles that are going to be heavily masculine. So just by aligning and working with your cycle, you're already going to naturally be bringing in the balance between those two energies without even having to try hard. Like that doesn't even need to be something that's at the front of your mind because just learning how to work with your cycle is going to bring it in naturally. And that's, that's the beautiful part of it. And that's what I love working with clients. Um, Um, with is just helping them understand what their unique cycle is. And I actually teach this very different from what a lot of other like menstrual coaches teach um, because I don't teach them a a system, like a structured system of your cycle is going to look like this. Yeah. It's unique to the person. It's so unique to the person. Am I right? It changes month to month sometimes too. You still have like external forces that are at play. And, um, yes. the thing I just wanted to bring up real quick, like when I was younger, I had really bad mood swings and I got put on medication for like hormonal medication for my period when I was like 16, maybe I think I started taking medicine and I didn't stop until my early twenties. And I got so fed up with the medicine and you don't realize like you're so out of tune with yourself. If you're not getting your full period and you have the full hormones. And I understand many people out there with wombs need that to control their periods and so on. But, um, I switched to a copper IUD and it is crazy. Like the, the shift in energy, the, I can feel myself and my intuition so much stronger now. And I think, I know, I know many of you out there are medicating for protection reasons or to regulate your periods, but just consider, please consider that the copper IUD is one of the most effective forms of, uh, protection when it comes to sex and it doesn't take you away from that natural hormonal flow that courses through your veins. It's not so bad to get PMS. It's actually such a power. So I just, I wanted to share that. Yes. Right now we're like dancing a little. We're like, yes, preach. It's, it was really hard. I just, I didn't know any better when I was a kid and, you know, I still get the mood swings sometimes the months are worse than others, but it's also so nice to know that I don't have hormones coursing through my veins, messing with my normal levels. Yes. Yeah. And actually that PMS, a lot of that comes from just not working with your cycle, which is like the the mind blowing part that I realized, cause I used to have crazy PMS too. I'd have the worst mood swings. And my favorite mm. story to tell about it too, is every month, two days before my period, I would have the same conversation with my partner of why aren't we married yet? This started after like Ooh. two months of dating oh all the way, like we're three years in now. <laughs> He was, he was a trooper for it. But it was, poor guy, poor guy. I know, I know, poor guy. He was, he was such a trooper. But we realized, and this was before I started working with my cycle. This was before I knew about any of this. We realized that two days before my period, to the exact date, I would always have the same reoccurring conversation with him. And after a few months of this happening, we were like, 
this can't just be like a coincidence. And that was the first signal that I had that was like, oh my gosh, I have these cyclical patterns that are happening within my body every month. And it wasn't until I realized that, that I was then able to heal the underlying trauma of why I was bringing up that topic to begin with. And now, now that's no longer a factor. That's no longer something that we need yes, to suffer through every month. Whoever's listening out there, it's okay to want to be married. We empower yes. you to speak up for what you want also. Yes. Maybe two months in is a little soon, but totally okay to be having yes. that conversation. It's so okay to have that conversation, especially when it's coming from, from like a really positive place. So for yeah, me, when I was having love, from, yes, So for me, like what I realized was when I was having these conversations over and over again, it was because your premenstrual phase, it really, it triggers what's no longer in alignment for you. And it triggers past wounds. And that's why it can be so like such a difficult phase for most people. Cause not only is it like triggering what they don't like in their life right now, but it's triggering the things they've never healed. And when they don't have the tools to actually work through them, it, it gets really difficult and it feels crazy and it's not fun. And I was totally, I've totally been there. Um, but the beautiful thing was like these conversations for me were coming up over and over again, because I had like the first relationship I was ever in was a relationship that I was then rejected in. And that rejection I held with me moving forwards and I never healed that underlying wound. So me bringing up these conversations of marriage, it wasn't coming from like, I'm ready to get married. It was coming from a place of, if we are legally binded, you can't reject me. <laughs> wow. And I didn't know that when I was bringing them yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. And it was something that came up month after month. And I, it wasn't until I actually sat down and learned about the emotional tone scale, which is something that I teach all of my clients, because it really is the most beautiful tool for understanding your emotions, especially when it comes to your cycle. But when I started looking at shame and that vibration of shame and how I felt in that first relationship and realizing that that was a trauma that I had never healed and that me clinging and me being like, we got to get married, like right now was me saying, don't reject me. And when I realized that I was able to heal it and then communication got so much smoother. Like we no longer had that, those arguments on our premenstrual phase anymore. And now we're both on an understanding of when we both feel ready, then we're ready to take that step. But it would come from a place of feeling ready, not from a place of need or a place of needing to cling and have that security. And, and just looking at how your premenstrual phase in that, in that way Mm. brings up these these underlying wounds that get triggered over and over again, that you have the choice of either letting them trigger you every single month or taking a step back, listening to your body, listening to what's actually trying to come up that needs to be healed and letting yourself heal it. And that's, that's really the hardest part is giving yourself permission to heal what feels crazy in your PMS Uh. and letting yourself access the magic and the control that you have. And that's what I teach my clients. And that's one of the the tools that I think is invaluable when it comes to having a womb and a cycle is actually knowing how to heal yourself without needing someone else constantly there by your side. Uh, Lilia, you're hitting (laughs) such a chord, a very deep chord. It makes a sound, but no one else can hear it, but I feel the vibration. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that. I actually don't even remember what we were talking about before we got into that. <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. So, you know, I, I want to bring it to a topic that you and I spoke about on our phone call where we started having this, but womb wisdom and something that is super crazy is that as people with wombs, we are born with all of the eggs that we will ever need. And I I don't want to steal the thunder, but that goes on from generation to generation. And that when you said that out loud to me on our phone call, I'll let you dive deep into this right now. It blew my mind and I could not stop thinking about it. And I couldn't wait for us to dive in. So let's do it. Oh, I love this topic. (laughs) This was like a whole game changer when I learned about this and it made so much sense. Um, because as women, when we think of like our age, like so much of our society, we're, we're talk, we talk about age, like, oh, you're really young or you're old or like you're this age or you're that age. And, mm-hmm. and the emphasis is on this number. But as women, we hold so much wisdom that's beyond that number, that's beyond that age. We hold this ancient wisdom within our womb because we are born with all of our eggs already inside us. So if you think of it, that means you've traveled through your whole mother's lifetime before she had you 
before coming into this world. And you traveled through part of your grandmother's lifetime before coming into this world. And you have this residual knowledge, this residual wisdom that's really stored in that, that infinite space that comes with your womb, that infinite energetic space. And you can tap into that and you can access it. And it feels amazing and it feels empowering. And if you think of like a woman's intuition, like so much of our intuition does come from our womb space and does come from, from this beautiful power within our body. And if you've ever had those moments where you're like, if you, you, that you knew something and you couldn't figure out how you knew it, you're like, oh, I have no idea how I knew that. And I know like sometimes we have those moments, whether they're like not necessarily deja vu, but just like feeling in your gut that something is right or feeling in your gut that you knew something already. That's coming from that ancient wisdom that we get to tap into. And the more we listen to it, the more we can feel empowered in it. Yeah. And feel empowered no matter where we are, no matter what number age we are, we are always carry more wisdom than people like to give us credit for. (laughs) And being able to take that back and claim that is really powerful. So I want to say part of that for me, it totally makes sense physically with the womb and the eggs. The other part of that for me comes through spiritually, because if you think about it, um, I was chatting with Lex and uh, we do femme together. And we were saying something about, you know, like we're, we're young women and sometimes people look at us and they're like, well, how can you be teaching this? Right. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, yes. To your naked eye, I look like a 28 year old woman. 28 and a half actually now, but (laughs) not that that makes much of a difference. But if you think about the age of your soul and your spirit, who knows? Hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of years old. Who knows how many lifetimes we've lived in different bodies. And I know that that belief might not resonate for all people, but if you think about it, there's just like, there's too much in there. There's so much depth. There is like the physical connection that we have to our body, but then there's also the spiritual. And sometimes we can't explain, like sometimes kids say the darnest things, but they're still so connected with the spirit world. Yes. Oh, that's so powerful. And it's so true. And just like you said, not everybody will resonate, resonate with past lives, but if you do just thinking just thinking, like you said, thinking about how much wisdom you carry just from living more than one lifetime, just from bringing that with you and, and the rapid growth that comes from just reawakening that. Like, I think that's sometimes, um, not given full credit is when you start reawakening into your spiritual journey, whatever it is, there's this time where rapid growth happens, where you're starting to reconnect and remember, and that, what time looks like for each person is going to be different. And honestly, time is a construct that we have. It's not even like a physical thing. It's (laughs) It's not, you know, a really interesting movie. It's called um, Alice through the looking glass. And it's Mm -hmm. one of the more recent Alice in Wonderlands. They, if you need like a great movie to watch, that's also super beautiful aesthetically. It's so beautiful the way that they characterize time. Like time is an actual character and there are so many, Oh, there's so many nuances. Anyway, just a recommendation on the side has nothing to do with this, but, but I love that time is such a construct. Like, have you ever noticed also, let's say you have a project to do for work. If you have like two months to get it done, it's going to take you two months. If you have a month, it's going to take you a month. If you have a day or five hours, you're going to cram it in. And it's amazing. We have this like relationship to time and that's the one source. It's not, it's non-renewable, at least in our waking human life it keeps going. And uh, there's just so much there. <laughs> there's so much there. That's a, it's such a powerful topic because it's true. Like who says that a certain time frame is what dictates success or dictates a project being finished or dictates abundance or dictates like your wisdom. Like when did we figure, when did we put those constructs onto time, which is this, this linear passing cyclical, whatever, whatever it is as yeah. essence, but it's this beautiful thing that helps us live our lives versus constricting us within our lives. And I think a lot of times we use time as this constriction of, oh, you're this age. So you, you can't be doing that. Or like, that's not possible. Yeah. For you. Or you're this age and you should be doing this, right? Like right. it's beautiful, but there's this pressure, especially within my close knit family. They're like, chop, chop, like it's time to settle in and what's next, like kids and all this stuff. Right. And you know what, in some degree, like women versus men, there is a certain timeline that is different. We are running up against time, whereas men can become fathers in their seventies. For us, it's a little bit more difficult unless we freeze our eggs. And I I do kind of want to talk about that construct of time and 
yeah. in our womb. What are any thoughts on that? <laughs> yes. Oh, so many, so many beautiful thoughts on that. So just kind of throwing this in. So just when we're talking about the construct of time and age and all of that, even when we look at like the age of our womb and like the age of our body and all of these things. So I'm 23. So I'm still coming up close to you. I've got a few more years till yeah. I'm 28. Um, oh my goodness. But- I wanted to say, I had no idea, not that the age matters, but you present as mm-hmm. so wise and like you've, I can just tell you've been through so much in your life already. It's amazing. Thank you. That means so much to hear. (laughs) That means so much to hear. And yeah, for me, like I've never really followed time constructs. So like I didn't go to college when I was 18. I went when I was 20. Like I, Mm -hmm. I didn't really follow things, the traditional timeline because it didn't fit for me. It didn't resonate for me. Um, But when you look at time and your womb, your womb really does hold this infinite space within your body. So while like your uterus is like maybe the size of your fist, like it's not Mm -hmm. that big within you, your womb itself is this beautiful energetic space connected to your reproductive system. And the space is infinite. And when you take a moment and you just place your hands on your womb and let yourself close your eyes and just come fully into that presence, really reconnecting with that area of your body when it's not relating to sex, when it's not relating to your period, when it's not has, when it doesn't have a negative connotation or you're not trying to figure out like contraceptive contraception, when you're actually just reconnecting to your womb, just because because you're ready to connect to that infinite space, you can start visualizing this fluid, beautiful openness that flows in this area of your body, this creative flood or floodwaters that's Mm. just always there for you. And that infinite space, that kind of goes against time. That goes against time and space. It's more than just your physical body and your organs. And when you even think, when you start going into like energetic bodies and like, where do you actually end and where do you start and what Mm -hmm. do you go beyond your body? Or is this like this body that we're living in right now, it, is that all that we have? When you start going into that topic, which gets super deep, but it's really beautiful. You start thinking about like, what does that mean when it comes to time and space? So if our womb extends beyond just our body, if our womb really is this deep connection to the earth and mother earth's womb, if they're both connected, like how much space do we actually take up when we start connecting to this area of our body? And then how much time does that take up? Like, does that Does that mean that like over the 23 years that I've lived, that that's 23 years of wisdom lives in that space or does it, or is there so much more in that space? Are we able to connect to past lives where maybe we did the work that we're doing now or different, had different experiences and had different um, traumas and different things that we were working through. And is that stored in our womb? And is that stored in that infinite space? And then time ends up not mattering anymore when you start connecting with your womb because all of a sudden you have access to the infinite to expansive space and energy and time no longer becomes a huge factor it's just you and it's you no matter what that label is that you decide to put on it whether it's time or space or energy or physical body or anatomy it ends up just being this amazing pool that you can pull from whenever you choose whether you want to put a label on it or not Wow. There, uh, I can't, that's, there's just so much there. There's so, (laughs) you know, what's interesting. We had, um, we had a seminar with Kendall who is, um, like a sex and a sexuality and sensuality coach. And one thing that really resonated from her chat was that we have four energetic centers that create for a fuck yes decision-making process, right? So you have the mind, the heart, the gut, and the sex center. And I think as humans in general, I've, I've heard this a bunch, like for men, don't think with that head, right? Or for us also, it's like, don't think with that part of your body because for some reason people tie it to sexuality when like truthfully so much intuition is connected to our sex center, or we call it our sex center, but it's so much more than just that. There is, and I've started checking and you don't need a full fuck yes for energy center alignment for choosing ice cream at an ice cream (laughs) parlor. Like, no, but when we're talking about like career or a partnership or the big decisions, the big things in your life, it is important to check in with all four. And I recently, um, I've been meditating a bunch And I was really used to bringing in my energy from the crown down. 
I started playing the other way. I started bringing it in from my root up and then my crown down and root up and this whole like, like this sick circular flow. And then I would try different things out. And it's amazing. If you listen with your sex center or your womb space, it's, it's different. I've, I've recently been making some like really instinctual decisions from that space and my head doesn't agree always. My heart doesn't agree. Not always, but something there is so intuitive. I can't even, I I don't even have the words to speak around that because I wasn't trusting that part of my body for a long time. I didn't know to do that, to lean into it. Yeah. It's something that we're not taught. And it really is. I love that there's like two things that I really want to dive in from what you said, because all of that resonated so much. Um, And the first was that when we do get to make these big decisions in our life, our womb can be this beautiful tool to help us. And especially when we're bleeding, because when we're bleeding, not only is the right and left hemispheres of our brain fully balanced. So you kind of have that extra mental note, but also you have this beautiful connection to your womb, to your intuition and to source, whatever source or the divine means to you. You're divinely connected to that on your bleed. So all of those energy centers that you were just talking about kind of come into alignment and are just like there and they're ready for you to make those big decisions and to support you. And while oftentimes our society tells us we're crazy when we're on our period and it's like (laughs) that, that phrase, like now that I'm doing this work just drives me nuts. Some people are like, don't listen to you. You're bleeding. I'm like, no, that is when you are in your heightened power. That is when everything in your body is aligning for you to make those big decisions and to trust them. Um, And I was having this conversation with my partner the other day of when did our society start, start being afraid of woman's power? And I was trying to like break this down and just break this down in my own head and have this conversation. I'd love to have this conversation with you too and just get your opinion on it as well as like when did... When did our society really start fearing women connecting to their power? Like, what do they think is going to happen? <laughs> like, you know, like if funny. we actually connect to ourselves and step into our fullest expression and create magic in this world, like to me, only like positive can happen from that. So like when, when did our society shift that and be like, no, we have to constrain women and tell them they can't connect to that aspect of themselves. <laughs> So I want, I, we can't say that all of society is like that. There have always that been pockets of society that still yeah. honor women making decisions. Though, I, it's so funny you bring this up. I just read her story. Her story. I don't know if you've ever read it, but it's the history as told through the feminine side. And I, I'll send you some stuff after. Oh, um, yes. It happened in, I, I, I want to say like it happened in different times in history, but there was a time, like think about it this way women are super intuitive. We're the, we're like an extension of God as are men, but in a different way, in the way that like we can house life, we are creators. And actually I don't even like to say we are creators. We're like the vessels that can create on behalf of godliness on behalf of that, like unity and that energy that whatever you want to call God energy, the universe, it's all the same for, for the sake of this conversation. It flows through us. Like in one and this might sound kind of strange, but like we are not creating life. Life is being created through us, if that makes sense. Like we channel the life and it's such a beautiful thing. There was a time that a lot of the world's healers were women. And then all of a sudden they were dubbed witches. And there is, uh, yes. uh, there is light witch energy and then there is dark witch energy. And I understand like when your p- power can be used for light or dark, and I can't recall exactly when in history, I'm the type of person I, I can't remember the exact details, but I remember how the book made me feel, right? How a person, you don't remember the exact thing, but you remember how a person makes you feel. So same thing with this book. And I, I just remember thinking like, I feel like one, some of my healing energy is awakening, especially in my hands recently and in, uh, and orally, like I can talk people through their emotions much more. I'm kind of squeamish when it comes to blood and needles. So I'm no doctor, but I'm surrounded <laughs> by many doctors in my family and many of my partners in life have been doctors, which is super funny. The healing thing is a, has always been of, of interest. Um, but I think people just, they got scared. They got scared of the energy. And there is a really funny phrase in a, my big fat Greek wedding where she goes, <gasps> Love that movie. <laughs> the man, he is the head of the family, but the woman, she is the neck. And she turns the head any way she wants. 
That's so funny. Like I've seen examples of that in my family where like, you know, my dad, he's way more of the vocal and open one, but like my mom has a way with him. Like not, and not always, she doesn't always get her way, but she can often like calm him down and later we'll have a discussion. And it's so interesting because I want to say like behind the strongest men that I've met, they have amazing partners and behind the strongest women that I've met, they have amazing partners too. And there's just something about that collaboration. I don't know exactly when in history we stopped honoring that piece, but I will tell you this. I I was sitting in meditation and I had a really, really crazy experience with Mother Earth. Mother Earth came to me as a tree. I have this vision of Mother Earth. Like if you were, you know, like the tree branches sometimes are sticking out of the ground and they look like legs upside down. So I had this vision, even when I was walking in the park and it's just been following me, I really need to draw it where like the legs are that. And then the root system of a tree is even bigger than what we see to the naked eye. So imagine the roots are the shape of a woman's body. So that came to me and it was mother nature. And she said, this is so crazy to be sharing, but we're going this direction. So I'm doing it. (laughs) it. Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Okay. So mother nature came to me and she said, this was in the time of Corona. This was a couple months back. And she said, I don't want you to be scared of nature. Like, I don't want you not to go outside. I don't want you not to live your life. Like I'm exhausted and I need space. I need you to care for me so that I can keep upholding the future generations that you're planning to bring into this world. So I'm talking about like environmental changes and the fact that people haven't been driving as much. There's so many, there are some positives we can agree on things that have from Corona. Of course, there are of course negatives too, but She came to me in the form of a tree and then all of a sudden her form changed and she became waves of an ocean. And I I like opened my eyes and I was like, oh my God, I need to go swimming. And I went to the beach like the next day and I had such a healing experience with one of my best friends. And we sat by the water and we meditated and we looked out and we just accepted ourselves and our bodies. And I was just like she wants us out there. Like she wants us to connect with her. She wants us to ground. She wants us to bring beauty into the world. And I love, love, love that one, one of the ways that I introduced you was the term light worker, right? And when we're light workers and we bring more energy down onto the planet, it is a mission that we, I don't know if there's like a meeting of us up there, but down (laughs) here, I'm so blessed to come across a person like you. I feel the light coming off of you, even though this is through Zoom, I hope I get to meet you in person one day. Um, it's not, it's not an easy task to be a light worker. And something that comes up for me is when you are channeling more light onto the planet, more of your own darkness comes up. You have to deal with more of your own crap. And that is a, that's a difficult thing to do, but what a beautiful thing, what a blessing, what an opportunity. And I just want to say like, I, I, we're here in femme and with this podcast to uplift the divine feminine within all people, because we need more of that energy. It's not, it's not about gender. It's about more people stepping into their femininity, more people stepping into connection with their intuition, their emotion and taking action from that place and caring for mother earth. It's no mistake that she's called mother earth. Oh, that was so powerful. I was sitting here like with my whole heart feeling like completely full listening to that. There was so much that I was like hearing you talking. I was like, oh, I want to, I want to comment on that. <laughs> so first off with like the history, at first I want to read that book. I haven't actually read that book yet, but this is something that I teach in all my coaching programs is kind of how, how different tribes have honored a woman's body and a woman's wisdom and how different different societies around the world have honored this and how we can start bringing that back into our society and our Western culture right now and bringing that wisdom and that trust back into our body, back into our society, just by each one of us doing it. And I think that that's so important to touch on is, is looking at that, how like at some point, whatever society we're living in. And like you said, it's not all societies. Um, Western society is a little bit more scared of women's power than like, than like different native societies. (laughs) Um, and, And looking at that and knowing that we, we can change that if we choose to, and that we, by each of Mm -hmm. us really understanding our body and learning how to work with it, we already start changing and shifting that paradigm of that, that ickiness that comes with talking about a woman's reproductive system and change that to be beauty and magic and 
beautiful empowerment over something that needs to be shamed and, um, and being able to look back at history and how that has shifted within history is a beautiful, a beautiful way to use history to shift our future. Um, and that's something that I I love that you brought that up because it's something that's the first thing we start with in my group program called (gasps) empowered you is we start with history and we start with like, how have people honored their womb and how, how does the media right now teach us messaging around our womb and how can we rewrite that story for ourselves? So I love that you pointed out that. I think that that's so important and so important in this journey of reconnecting with your womb is realizing that the way our society teaches us the shame around it right now is not how it's always been and it's not how all cultures treat it. And being able to see where that, where more masculinity or patriarchy or whatever you want to call it has shifted Mm -hmm. our stories around our womb and being able to shift them back into something that feels empowering for us gets to be really beautiful. And then honoring, honoring the the cultures that still do that to this day and and still honor that. And because of people like you, I think Oh, there's just, there's going to be, there is already a lot of progress in that space and there will continue to be because of light workers like you. Yes. So thank oh. you so much for the work that you do. It's, it's unparalleled and thank it's you. so valuable. And I just, I really applaud you. It's not easy. And I, you know, your story resonated with me so much, especially when you talked about what it felt like to be a gymnast. And I was a competitive ballroom dancer and it was awesome, but I remember being called, I, I was too curvy, right? And only recently, and I think that has to do with part of calling myself a woman, it was like accepting those curves and accepting the way that clothes fits and just looking in the mirror and being like, this is me and this is beautiful. So beautiful. And I, I was the opposite. I was like a twig and I always wanted curves. So like the I grass is always greener on the other side or so people think. <laughs> and and part of me had to accept that I didn't have that and that I didn't I didn't have that that womanly shape that was throughout history considered womanly. So I love wow. hearing these stories because I feel like both sides always want to be the other side. <laughs> they do. They do. So everyone take a moment and let's take a breath. Yes. And just accept yourself. Mm. I challenge you to take a look in the mirror today, take off your clothes, look in the mirror and love up on yourself because you are beautiful with all the curves or none of the curves, with all the hair or none of the hair, with all the makeup or none of the makeup in any outfit, in any way, shape or form, you are beautiful. We're all God's children. We are all made up of the same stardust in this beautiful, beautiful place that we call home on earth. And we're here to have a human experience as spiritual beings. And I just, I invite you to accept and love yourself and love yourself through the difficult moments because that's your body is the only place you have to live in this lifetime throughout your whole life. Yes. Oh, so powerful. And that's something that um, we uh, like another beautiful topic. That's so important when it comes to womb wisdom is comes to body acceptance and body love and like an empowered you. That's a whole week. We focus on love, like loving yourself and what that means. And that was a, a huge catalyst in my journey. Like when I hit rock bottom and I was having panic attacks every other day and I hated my period and I, I like was hating myself on my period. When I started working with my first coach, she gave me this assignment that was to look in the mirror and say, I love you. And I remember I was standing in the mirror. I was there in tears, like bawling tears coming down. My partner was behind me, hugging me and being like, it's okay. Like you can say this. It it was so, it was so powerful. (laughs) I look back on this, that on the scene and like in the moment it felt awful. It felt terrible. I like couldn't say I loved myself. I was in tears. I couldn't get the words out. And when I look back on it now, that was one of the most beautiful healing experiences that I ever had. Because after that, I understood what it meant to love myself. And that's been a huge catalyst of reconnect with my cycle. I know. And like you said, like as light workers, I think sometimes, especially light workers who are more positive, people see them and 
think like I'm an optimist, but I'm an optimist by choice. And, and people will see me and be like, there's nothing wrong. Like you're just happy all the time or like you're naive. And I'm like, no, it's not I'm like easy this because I choose this way. to be. Yeah. It is a choice. And there is a lot of work that goes into that choice. So much work. And and so, like you said, like when we go on this path of, of finding our light and spreading light in the world, we really have to face a lot of our darkness. And we really have to face a lot of those, the shadow work that comes up and there's mm. no avoiding it, but that's, that's, where the magic lies is working through that versus avoiding it and and learning how to pass through the shadow into that place of really loving yourself in every way and and knowing that it's okay to share that too and it's okay to tell that story because by you sharing that you're on that journey too it gives others permission to be there as well and to step into their light and to actually work on their shadow work and it really it isn't easy but it it's a journey of a lifetime that's so worth having and it's oh, so could. magical in every moment. <laughs> so magical. Even in the dark moments, like sometimes I'm sitting in pain and agony in a difficult moment. At least you're alive. At least yes. you get to experience it. That's part of the humanity of it all yeah. that we can experience the full spectrum of, of emotion, anything from negative to what we deem negative to positive. And like, just think back on your life. Some of the darkest moments brought most of the light. Yeah. Oh, yes. And I think I love even when you said like, whether you see it as positive or negative, I think that that's, that's a huge mindset shift we get to make too, is in those harder moments. And, um, I, so like I have extreme period pain and that's something that as I've worked with my cycle, I found is a deeper, a deeper rooted, um, trauma that I'm still healing is learning Mm -hmm. how to heal this like immense pain in my, in my womb and this ancestral pain that's there. And, and on my first day, my bleed, I look like hell. Like I'm like completely drenched in sweat. I'm in so much pain. I don't do anything. I cross that day off on my business calendar. I really, I work my business in alignment with my cycle. So I don't have any surprises while I'm bleeding, which is the beautiful part. But to me, that's gorgeous. And I think most people, if they were to come see me on that day, they think like, oh, this is awful. Like she's in so much pain. Like (laughs) this is terrible. Like this is a huge negative. But for me, every time that happens to my body while like, yes, I'm like, oh my gosh, just like, please, please let this like stop soon. It, it really is this beautiful moment because I am so connected with my womb at that point. Like I can feel her pulsing. I can feel the energy that she's going through. And, and instead of hating it, like I did when I started this journey for myself, I now love my womb so much. I realize how hard she's working to help keep me healthy and how hard mm-hmm. she's working every day that she has to go through that pain as well. And that area of my body has to go through that pain. And, and there really is, there's beauty and strength of being able to get through those shadows, whatever they are and get through those harder times. Um, a lot of times we see them as really hard or depressing, but there's beauty in the fact that your body was able to get through it and that your body handled it and that you were able to get through it and that you were able to connect to your body in a place of love, even through that hardship or even through that trauma. Um, and I think having that mindset shift really helps us work through that shadow work of when we shine love into the shadow work, we end up seeing it as this beautiful journey versus something that's really hard or holding us back. Oh, so beautifully stated. Lilia, thank you so much for sharing your story, a piece of your heart and soul and energy with us. Is there, is there anything else that's coming up that you want to share with our community? Yes. Well, first off, I would love for you guys all to head over to my website, liliagustin.com or my Instagram, Lilia underscore Gustin and go grab a free cycle tracking guide because you can start on this journey on your own today, right away and start tracking your cycle. And that's, that's really the best place to start. And then if you loved this podcast, if you loved like listening to all this and you want to dive (laughs) in further, I'd love to invite you into my group coaching program, Empowered You, that's going to be launching again soon. So just stay tuned for that. But yeah, it's just like there's so many resources. Spell your name real quick. Sorry, I'm asking even for myself. I love your name. It's so pretty and it has a secret S. Yes. (laughs) There's there's a lot of secret letters. Yes. Uh, My full name is Lilia, L-I-L-I-A and then Gaston, G-E-S-T-S-O-N. There she is, that magic S. (laughs) (laughs) Darling, it was so amazing to spend this time with you. You... You are such a light in the world. Thank you for your time, your energy. Um, and please tune in to Lilia. We're going to be announcing her seminar that's coming up. And please 
check out that, that cycle tracker. You are just doing such amazing work in this world. Thank you for taking the time and energy to do that. Thank you. And I'm so honored to have had this conversation with you and to be on this podcast with everyone listening. I love you guys so much. I'm always here supporting you. So please never hesitate to reach out to me. If you ever just want to have a conversation, I'm always here for it. Um, But thank you. I feel so honored just to have been sharing this space with you, Mishka. It's so amazing. Uh, Same here, Lilia. Thanks for tuning into this episode. As always, we are here to support you with fierce and flourishing energy. To learn more about our FemFam community and all of the gifts it has to offer, check out our website, www.femfam.com, F3MFAM.com, or on our Instagram, Flourishing Feminine Founders. And to dive deeper into community connection and support, we invite you to join a FemPod. Pods are our social mission here at FEM, and they are the seedling of this entire entity. And what they are are groups of five FEMs that come together to consistently dive deep into many aspects of life, from relationships and mental health to business. It is a community care model that allows you to explore the depths of your personality in a safe and non-judgmental container. A container where you give and receive unconditional support and develop deep bonds with other like-hearted humans please reach out to us via flourish at femfam.com. That's F-L-O-U-R-I-S-H at F-3-M-F-A-M.com. We can't wait to hear from you. Love, peace, and many blessings.